Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. everyone this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries how is everyone doing today I pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight we are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ as we await for him to come back from heaven Lord we need you in this present day right now Lord sin is running rampant And you said for us to avoid sin at all costs, to repent and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Today, I am bringing out my trumpet. Excuse me. I am bringing out the trumpet. I am crying aloud and sparing not. Let me tell you, I am so vexed in my spirit what i witnessed on youtube the other day this video was so shocking in the fact that it had children in it participating in what the lord god calls an abomination let me tell you first let me first start off with this scripture okay to put everything that i am about to exhort and preach and teach on for today because it is because of this scripture that God is calling those who call on his name to pray to humble ourselves so that this land that is filled with all kinds of violence sin homosexuality aggression and deprivation we need to cry aloud to our god and it is the church okay that can make this change in this land so let me just start off with second chronicles 7 14 that says in the niv if my people who are called by my name and that is a christian that is called by the name of Christ, as the scripture continues, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. Okay, so I have a ton of notes. I have a ton of scripture that we are going to get into today. So I say bear with me because I will be going back and forth. I am so vexed. I can hardly contain myself. Okay, so what got me so vexed, like I was saying, 
I saw this video on YouTube that the gay and lesbian community that God calls an abomination, they was holding a meeting in this community center, okay? And these street preachers went in there and infiltrated their meeting with the word of God. And what was so disturbing, because you see, it's one thing if you are an, a grown adult person and you choose to willfully sin against God. Okay, but then you know what? That is between you and God, right? God is going to judge the wicked accordingly. Okay, with that being said, so in this video, we see grown people, both gay and lesbian, doing what they do in the world. What was so troubling to me was that they actually had their children in this meeting propped up listening to everything that this man who was dressed as a woman in full regalia, okay, in full trappings of everything that God calls an abomination. He said that men should not put on women clothing and likewise women should not put on men clothing. This person who was trying to tell these men of God that he is a woman was clearly of the devil. So anyway, these parents who were abusing their children, children by having them propped up in this meeting, listening to the lies of the devil, talking about that this is love and that the world should embrace their culture and that it was nothing wrong for you to go with your feelings, okay? If you feel like you were boy, even though that God birthed you as a girl, or if you feel like as if you are uh, another sex, then when you look at yourself in the mirror and it's clear what God made you to be a boy or a girl, but if you feel that you are the opposite of that, then you have every right to go with what you feel, change your body parts, change your name, and change everything about you that God has created you to be. You can go with what you feel. And so in this meeting, this is what they were propagating okay like i said it's one thing if you are a grown person and this is what you choose to do but when you bring little innocent children that have not made the lord jesus christ their lord as of yet you are robbing them of that opportunity so this is why i am vexed okay like jesus said you know the pagans run after these things but he also said in matthew hold on let me let me get back over there like i said i'm going to be all over because this is just ridiculous it it has gotten to the point where this is just ridiculous now where was i i was over here in matthew hold on where he talks about the little children right that if you causes any one of his children to stumble and fall Hold on. Yeah, here we go. Matthew 18. Okay, because 
the uh, disciples were talking about who is the uh, greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? So in verse 2 of Matthew 18, where Jesus says that, so Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Verse 3, then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children. Now I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, okay? So he says that unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming to me. Verse 6, and this is what made me so vexed in my spirit when I saw what these parents was doing to God's little children. He says in verse 6, but if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, and in this case, because this is the topic that we are dealing with today, the homosexual culture. So he says, that, uh, but if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned into the depths of the sea. Amen. Okay, so God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is not playing when it comes to little children because just to put it into context, um, regarding this scripture, he was saying that if you have faith of a little child like this, you know, where you just, just wholeheartedly believe in God, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so if we see in the uh, natural, in this, in this parable that if you cause a little child to stumble because of the sin that you are in, Jesus says, you know, woe to you, okay, that it'll be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned into uh, the depths of the sea, okay, rather than to deal with my wrath, okay, so today's title, let's get into it, like I said, I am sounding my trumpet and I make no apologies for this teaching because if God is is for um, is against anything that's an abomination to Him, then we who are, who are in the body of Christ should stand with our Lord and not with what this world wants to shovel down our throats because someone has to stand up. Okay, because we know the pagans of the world are not going to stand up. They are rallying around their own. So why not the body of Christ rally around our master when he says that homosexuality and homosexuals, they were not entered the kingdom of heaven. Okay, we should make no apologies by going against this culture. So let me just stick to my notes because I don't want to get off in the flesh because yes, 
I am vexed, but I am going to be preaching straight from the word of God. Amen. Amen. Okay. So before I get into the subject matter, let's just surround ourselves with the word of God and what the word of God has to say about this culture. Okay. That wants us, especially the church to be tolerant of, they want to say that we are prejudiced against their rights. They want us to twist the scripture to benefit the sinners of the 21st century. They say that the Bible is antiquated, that it is not in line with the times of the day. And God didn't really mean that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that just like that serpent posed the first lie ever told to a human being, did God really say and so they are taking their platforms and try to put it out there that did God really say that living a homosexual lifestyle lifestyle is sinful? Absolutely, God did really say that. Okay, so let's just stick to the scriptures, right? Because that is what, that is our fortitude. That is our, um, barrier against the lies of the devil so let's look at romans uh chapter 1 verse 18 so let's get into it because the title of this chapter is god's anger at sin okay so it is not what we say is what God say, okay, man does not have the final authority over God's word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Man cannot tell holy God that his word is not true and that his word needs to get in line with the times. That is blasphemy. Amen. Okay, verse 18 of Romans 1. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Because you see, that LBG, um, LBGTQIA, whatever else letters that they are involving themselves to, be, to become, okay, they know the truth because the word of God says that they suppress that truth because God created man and woman to uh, to be united in a marriage as one flesh. He did not create man and man to marry. He did not create woman and women to uh, marry. And so because of that truth, they suppress the truth because the word says right here but god shows his anger from um shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness because they want to be in this sin they want to lie with a man as if he's lying with a woman and the woman wants to lie with another woman as she will lie with a man. So because of that wickedness, they are going to suppress that truth, right? Okay, verse 19. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. So they are not with an excuse. Verse 20. 
For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God because they can't say, well, God doesn't exist. exist. Show him to me. Prove it to me. God, don't. first of all, first of all, God don't have to prove anything to you, mere man, but out of his kindness and because of your ignorance, he does give us signs. He does show us who he is and the fact that he does exist. So don't you dare raise your fist as, at God and demand that he show you anything because at any moment he can take the very life out of you. Amen. Okay, so moving on. Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. For instance, I have seen on many videos where when the, the gay community is confronted with their sin, the first thing they say, but no, God understands me. No, God knows that, okay, that he made a mistake because I feel that I am a man. This is a lesbian speaking. I know that I'm a man on the inside. So, so God got it wrong. And besides all of that, he loves me. He loves me this way. He wants me to be happy. He wants me to embrace the real me, right? So in their minds, they create a God of what they would like for him to be. One that uh, condones their sin and to let them live how they want to live in any form or fashion. But the word says otherwise. So let's continue. As a result, okay, their minds have become dark and confused. They are confused because, look, again, I am making no apologies. I am crying aloud and sparing not. I stand with the Lord Jesus Christ, and whatever he's against, I'm against. And whatever he is for, I'm for it. And that is why the body of Christ we will band together and put a stop to all of this foolishness because God says that their minds have become dark and confused. These people are confused. Now, this is not my, my bias or my uh, prejudice or my thinking, you know, just because I'm straight and they're not. So now I'm going to make them feel like crap. Absolutely not. This exhortation is filled with love. Amen. Okay. So God says that their minds have become dark and confused. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they instead become utter fools. Verse 23, and instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 24, 
okay so god abandoned them okay and the uh, king james it says that god turned them over to a reprobate mind and so a reprobate is a person rejected by god because of wickedness and this person is beyond hope of salvation and why is that it's not because god decides well you know what um i'm just gonna hate on you no he's saying that okay i've made myself known to you I told you what my word is and I explained to you what different lifestyles that I call an abomination, which is homosexuality. And so, because since you don't want to heed to that and you don't want me anyway, I'm trying to talk to you. I sent my son to die on a cross for your sins, for this sin, for the topic of this a conversation of homosexuality but since you said no to all of that you refused to heed the word that i send through my messengers through my through my uh, preachers you continue to push me away and say no okay well then i'm gonna let you have it i am going to let you have all that you want so that's why he says in verse 24 of romans 1 so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other bodies. Again, this is God speaking, okay? You cannot come in the 21st century, right, just telling God that his word is not true and is out of date. How dare you, right? So verse 25. Let me turn the page here. So they traded the truth about God for a lie. That what? That he made you a boy, but you really are a girl. So obviously God lied about it, right? No. And that that God made you uh, um, to be a girl, but you feel that you are a boy. So God got it wrong and therefore God is a liar. Absolutely not. So the scripture continued. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women, because God is like, even the women, because, you know, the men was doing this, but now the women. So when he says even the women, okay, turned against the natural way. Hello, natural way. So therefore, it means that it is unnatural for a man to lie with a man. It is unnatural for a woman to lie with a woman. So he says that even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other verse 27 and then the men instead of having normal normal okay sexual relations with women burned with lust for each other men did shameful things with other men and as a result of this sin they suffer within themselves the penalty they deserve okay so when all these um these viruses come out the hiv the hpv the the aids when all this come out 
okay okay god is saying that this is what they deserve because they turn to shameful things with other men and as as and as a result of this sin it is a sin praise god it is a sin to lie with another man now i don't care if you don't think that is so Thank God that you are not the Lord of the earth because we will all go to hell with that, with that thinking. God says that it is a sin. Okay. And so verse 28, since they thought if, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, well, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should never be done. It These things should never be done, right? Verse 29, their lives become, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior and gossip (sighs) let's just take a moment to take all of that in (sighs) okay okay verse 30 they are backstabbers now again this is god is describing the person who wants to lie with the same sex This is all going to show up in their lives. This is not a prejudice. This is not throwing shade. This is not trying to call you out of your name and make you to be something that you think you are not. This is what the word of God, this is the final authority of the creator of heavens and earth. This is what he said is what's going to show up in your life. Okay. So he says that. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. Exactly. So let's just hone in on the word proud, okay? With their gay pride parades, with them blaspheming the rainbow, okay? That rainbow is God's rainbow, but Satan and his twistedness and his wickedness going to take a covenant that God made with Noah when God flooded the earth because of the wickedness thereof. He said that I would never destroy the earth again by water. So he said his rainbow, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said his rainbow in the sky, okay, as a covenant. So let me continue. They invent new ways of sinning. We ain't going to talk about what they do in the dark, right? They invent new ways of sinning. Now, let me just put a disclaimer out here, okay? This this rant or this teaching, if you will, it's not only for the homosexuals. It's for the fornicators as well. It's for the adulterers as well. It's for the murderers as well. It's for those who lie and steal and covet and drunkards. It's for all of those. It's just that I am honing in on the homosexual 
and the homosexual lifestyle for this teaching. So no one can say, oh, well, she just railing against homosexuals. No, absolutely not. This is for everyone that God says who will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm just talking about the homosexual lifestyle in this teaching. Okay, so let me go on verse um Okay, so they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Verse 31, they refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless and have no mercy. Verse 32, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things, let me say it again, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserves to die yet okay the big y-e-t yet they do them anyway anyway worse yet you think that you you would think that that was enough but no the Bible goes on to say worse yet so even though they doing all those abominations what is even more worse is that they encourage others to do them too. Amen. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me the whole purpose of this exhortation. Okay. Is that when them little children were sitting up being propped, propped up on their mother's hips, these children, okay, they weren't even teenagers, and that's worse too, but these were babes. These were children still on their mama's hips. If you got to carry your child on your hip, they are innocent minors, and these are small children running around inside of this little conference room, soaking up and listening and being dragged there. Now, I'm thinking, why? on God's green earth. If you want to attend this meeting, why are you bringing the children? So that tells me that there is a demonic factor involved here. And that reminded me that when the ancient Israel brought their children to that Mola God that was like a burning furnace and sacrificed their children, God says, I didn't tell them to do this. As a matter of fact, it didn't even come to my mind for them to even do this. So I'm watching these children, I mean, these, these grown women argue with the men of God that infiltrated that meeting, yelling at them for them to leave. Get out, get out, get out. And they got their children by the hand. They got this, and this one woman had the child on her hip, you know, defending this cause why it was okay for them to have these children in there. And this is where we get the scripture right here that says, worse yet, they encourage others to do them. I say woe to them. Okay. So now that we have, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. All right. So 30 minutes in. So I say that you all may want to stop and pause because this is going to be a long lesson today because I want to cover everything. Okay. So here we go, people. 
<clears throat> now, this is something that if you want to say I got educated on, even though it is filthiness to my spirit, but nonetheless, right, right, God teaches us all things, the Holy Spirit shows us all things. Okay, so there is a theology out here in the world called revisionist gay theology. It goes on to question over 5,000 years of Judeo-Christian teaching about how Christians, okay, explain what the Bible says about homosexuality. So they want to go out into the world, okay, and to get the church to understand that we need to let go of these ancient laws um, get rid of what God has to say in the New Testament about the homosexual lifestyle. They want to actually go in and revise the Bible and to revise our thinking. So let's see exactly the definition of what a, um, a, a revisionist is. Okay. Yeah, I had to learn that today too. So it says that it is someone who examines and tries to change existing beliefs about events, um, about how the events happen, or what their importance or meaning is. So, in essence, they are trying to change the rules. Mm, okay, so, yeah, it looks like this group is trying to change the rules, and in this case, the Bible. Okay, so... No matter where one turns in the culture today, the issue of homosexuality and quote-unquote gender identity are being hotly debated. The homosexual rights, quote-unquote, ideology continues to want to be legitimized and to be approved. It's not that they just want us to be tolerant. No, they want to be le legitimized and they want to be approved. So we can see that this will deeply impact us in our day-to-day -day relationships with our family and with fellow church members, neighbors, and co-workers. So a key strategy in ushering in this uncritical acceptance and promotion of homosexuality into the wider culture has centered on churches and synagogues specifically homosexual activists and their allies know that the judeo-christian sexual ethic found in the bible is the last bastion of defense holding back the widespread embrace of homosexuality throughout the culture they understand that if Bible-believing Christians and Jews can be convinced that homosexual behavior is no longer sinful <laughs> in God's eyes, then the battle to fully implement their political and social goals will be won. Really? <laughs> Let me just tell you something right now, okay? As the living God lives, I assure you, he is not, he is not going to change his mind about homosexual and homosexuality being a sin. He ain't doing it. So 
they can fight all they want against God. They could try, okay, to tell the church and try to convince us that, you know what, come on now. God didn't really say that this is a sin. Come on, can't you see how many there is of us? Can't you see? We are all about love. We 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 just want peace. We we just want the world to accept us because we have rights. Okay. All right. Well, let's continue to see what God has to say about all of this. So it is in this context that a propaganda campaign aimed at biblically orthodox believers has been launched with the goal of sowing seeds of doubt about God's commands concerning homosexual behavior. So in their theological application, this campaign of misinformation is often known as revisionist gay theology. I'm telling you, I had to learn that too. I don't know if you all knew about this, but it was new for me. And so, and it and it is presently playing out in denomination after denomination. So you see, it's creeping in into the church. Lord have mercy on us. It is um it is being played out in denomination after denomination with increasing discord. Yeah, because you know why? Because you got true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ sitting up in these brick and mortar churches. And you, you got another faction in there trying to get us to embrace this new homosexual lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> it's going to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's going to be some discord. Right. So beginning in the mid in the mid 20th century a systematic questioning of clear scriptural teaching on homosexual behavior began to take place within the church lord jesus have mercy on us it began to take place within the church recalling the serpent's question to eve in genesis 3 did god really say really church really are we doing that now are we so have we become so entrenched in the world that we are actually second guessing our god to say wait a minute maybe we should take another look at this maybe we should you know because after all you know it is the year 2020 and and you know maybe that we need to you know have them come in into the church and you know and and you know embrace them because you know God doesn't want us to judge people <sighs> okay let me tell you something about that scripture that is so widely abused by the sinner whether we're talking about the homosexual or we're talking about the adulterer or we're talking about the murderers and the liars and the covetous, they all say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Only God can judge me. First of all, let me tell you something right now. <laughs> you should hear this judgment right now because you don't want God to judge you. So anyway, with that scripture being abused, let's just put that scripture into context. Yes, Jesus did say, okay, for the record, he did say, judge for you, um, do not judge for you, that you should be judged also, right? 
he was because if you go further down like two more verses that you will see why he said that because yes he doesn't want us to judge wrongly that is the whole premise and context of that scripture it's not that we shouldn't judge but he was telling us how to judge correctly by saying what that first get the speck out of your own eye no no before you can get the speck out of someone else's eye take the plank out of your own eye so yes he calls us to judge righteously it's not that he said don't judge no he was telling us that there is a correct way to judge and that and that is to uh judge um righteously okay i'm going to put a pin pause here and come back with part two okay everyone i'm back i just had to do a quick pause there but yeah like i was saying that yeah jesus didn't call us to not judge that scripture was referring to that we should judge righteously by how by how by taking the plank out of our own eyes and so that means that before we can call anyone out on their sin make sure that there is no sin in your life so when a true uh follower of the lord jesus christ is coming to the sinner with righteousness and with love okay we are coming to let them know that what you are doing whether it be in this case uh, homosexuality or adultery or any of those things that first corinthians 6 9 through 10 points out of those who will not inherit the kingdom of god well we are coming to you in righteous judgment amen amen okay so like i was saying that how uh the serpent questioned eve in genesis 3 with the first lie ever told to a human being did god really say so indeed the apostle paul warns about this situation when he writes to timothy and says for the time is coming when all people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth and this is what's so troubling to me about church members now we may have to question whether or not they are in fact true followers of the lord jesus christ and that means that we that we follow jesus in his teachings and his primary teaching was first to love god with all of your heart soul mind and strength and to love your neighbors as yourself why because based on these now two commandments all the law and all the prophets now hang on this so it is a love thing and secondly he he preached on repentance the first message he ever preached thank you holy spirit was to repent for the kingdom of god has come near and so and he says that if we don't stop sinning we too are going to likewise perish so even though what paul was talking about here uh to uh, timothy 
right? He was referring to certain false doctrines. And right, right. So let, let me go back because sometimes I can get off on different tangents and not stick to the topic at hand. So I was saying about these uh, church members, right? If they want the body of Christ to embrace homosexual lifestyle, then something is wrong with that. Absolutely. The person that is stuck in homosexuality should come to the altar of God and repent of their sins and turn back to God. So it is not the the person themselves in the flesh that we are cursing, if you will. We are cursing that sin, that sin of homosexuality. So in these seeker-friendly churches today, that's all about marketing, that's all about not preaching on repentance, that want us to embrace a sinful lifestyle, that God makes it clear in his word that it is a sin and it is an abomination to embrace that culture to now say that, yes, there are Christian homosexuals. That cannot be. There is no such thing as a Christian homosexual because if you're saying that you are Christian, that means that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus says that homosexuality is a sin. So how could you say that you are a Christian homosexual? That cannot be, okay? And so when you have these easy breezy churches that wants to embrace this lifestyle and push out the word of God and preach a different gospel, Paul Paul says that that person is cursed, okay? He says that he says that if anyone, even even if an angel come and preach anything other than Christ and him crucified and that he died for the sins, the sins, all the sins for um, the people in the world. If anyone is preaching anything other than that, then we need to come out from among them. Amen. Amen. Okay. So while Paul was referring Okay, to certain false doctrines that Timothy would undoubtedly face in his ministry, this warning similarly applies to the body of Christ today. As we face a revisionist theology that in this case questions God's clear command to not engage in homosexual behavior. Absolutely not. Specifically, the intended effect of revisionist gay theology, I can't even get it out, it's so disturbing to my spirit, is to disengage the church from the wider cultural debate about homosexuality by redefining it as God-ordained and morally permissible. Lord, help us today. And just like the serpent's temptation to Eve in the garden, Leaders in the gay Christian movement, if there ever is such a thing, which it is not, are tempting us with the question, did God really say that homosexuality is a sin? Absolutely, he said it, because if we look back to Romans 1, okay, let's go to verse 29. He says that their lives, meaning 
those who choose to lay down um, if you're a man to lay down with a man or if you're a woman to lay down with a with another woman he says that their lives become full of envy every kind of wickedness sin greed hate envy murder quarreling deception malicious behavior and gossip right he calls these things a sin so okay so in general there are several broad categories of arguments that gay revisionists are employing to cast doubt on God's word concerning homosexual behavior. Number one, Christians' prejudice against homosexuals leads to them uh, leads them to misread biblical texts about homosexuality. Okay, no, again, it is not our prejudice. We just going off of what our lord and master has to say about this and he says that this is a sin amen because look if we go here we go back up see i got to keep pointing us back to the word because i don't want this to be misconstrued that this is cynthia smalls and in her prejudice against homosexuals that she has all this to say no i'm telling us what the lord jesus christ has to say and in romans 1 27 he says that and then the men instead of having normal okay keyword normal sexual relations with women burn with lust for each other men did shameful things with other men and as a result of this sin so it is a sin jesus is calling it a sin they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserve okay so number two scriptures that supposedly condemn homosexual be behavior have actually been mistranslated oh no it has not these scriptures has not been mistranslated oh i'm quite sure that you would love to think that they have been mistranslated so that you can go on in your sin but absolutely not these these scriptures have not been translated uh, has been mistranslated now i have to often wonder are people who are steeped in their sin are they for themselves reading the bible because they can't be because they are going off of other lies that the bible has been mistranslated no it has not that is the lie from the devil because if you just take all of two minutes and for yourself just just step away from what you want to do and actually read what god has to say and prayfully that will cause you to repent when you read what his word says says for yourself instead of relying on this gay culture to tell you what the bible is and what it is not check it out for yourself we all had to do it whether 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 we call ourselves homosexuals or like in my case i was a known fornicator i've committed adultery i've lied i've stole i've done everything that god's called a sin i did it too so i get it i get it that when we are faced with the truth because jesus says that men who are in who are in darkness they hate the light why because it exposed their evil deeds so i get it of course not i'm not going to want to go to the word of god and see for myself that he says that homosexuality is an abomination i wouldn't want to read that either but 
what you're not going to do as a member of the body of Christ, I am saying this, what you're not going to do is try to take our master's word and say that it has been mistranslated because it does not line up with your sinful lifestyle. You cannot do that. Okay. So number three, okay. So because, um, what we are talking about is how that there are several broad categories of arguments, okay, that gay um, revisionists are trying to um, cast doubt on God's word concerning their homosexual behavior. So number three, this is what they are saying, that scriptures that supposedly condemn homosexual behavior have been taken out of context and do not apply to our present society. If I said it once, I'm going to say it again and again. Lord, have mercy on us today. Okay. So while it is not possible to offer an in-depth rebuttal to each of these sets of arguments in the scope of this particular lesson, but let's take a few general observations about revisionist theology can be made. Okay. So now look. The Bible is wholly reliable, trustworthy, and true in all that it affirms. Amen. Okay, because since they want to have their arguments, well, guess what? We have our arguments too, right? And one of them is that the Bible is wholly reliable. Not only that it is holy, H-O-L-Y, but it is holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means and all of its content, thank you, Holy Spirit, the New Testament and the Old Testament, all of it, every jot and tittle of what it has to say, it is reliable and trustworthy and true in all that it affirms. So everything that God has to say in his word, it is true. Now, you may not want to embrace that, or you may not want to think that is so, but it is, it is so, and it is a fact. So it clearly teaches, talking about the Bible, okay, because see, that is our proof. And sinners in the world, they always want to sign. They always want to be shown proof and evidence. So when we go to the word to bring them this evidence, the first thing they say, no, no, don't go to the Bible. No, show me somewhere else. Well, everywhere else is false information. They, Holy Spirit is on fire today, y'all. Thank you, Lord. Where do you expect for us to get God's truth from, if not from his word? We can't go to mere man because mere man is saying that God's word is not true. And God says, let every man be a liar. God is true. Let every man be a liar. So this is where we go to pull this truth out of. Okay. We're not going to anywhere else but to God and his word. So his word clearly teaches the honor dignity and value of the two sexes as created in God's image intentionally male and intentionally female each bringing unique and complementary qualities to sexuality and relationships God called man to have a wife and he called a woman to have a 
husband. Point blank, period, end of story. And that's the truth, and that is what we stand in. Just like that you want to confront us with your ungodly truth, well, we are going to stand with the Lord Jesus Christ and his truth. Amen. Okay. And that also, our argument is that sexuality is a glorious gift from God. Sex is good. It feels good. And it is good. We don't dispute that. But it is meant to be offered back to him, either in marriage for procreation, not for lustful debauchery and shameful acts that one does in the dark. That is not what sex is for. And our sexual organs are meant to be used appropriately. The male anatomy, the rectum, okay, because we all grown here on this channel, so we can say what it is, okay. The male rectum is an exit. It is not an entry point. Nothing should be going in. Everything should be coming out. That is why God put the prostrate, prostate, what is it? You know, that gland? Anyway, he tucked it away deep up inside of a man's cavity for a reason. It is not to be touched. Amen. Okay, so it is meant to be offered back to him either in marriage for procreation, union, and mutual delight or in celibacy for undivided devotion to Christ. Now, revisionist gay theology violates God's intentional design for gender and sexuality by saying that women don't need men and men don't need women. Help us today, Lord. Revisionist theology places human feelings and desires above biblical truth, leading people to believe lies. And this is why I'm bringing this exhortation today because of that video I saw. You have these men and women bringing their children to Moloch at this meeting with this man. It was a man. He can call himself whatever he wants. God created him to be a man. Dress in full regalia, hair, makeup, thigh, high stiletto boots with uh, basically naked because the outfit he had on was an abomination unto itself. <sighs> Leading children, cheering them on to go with their feelings to what they feel like they should be to, to say that they are neither male nor female. How far into the lie have we gotten, people? Glory be to God. So now, here we go. Revisionist theology, like I said, leading people to uh, believe the lies, often those having a personal interest in the promotion of gay revisionists. Because you know why? Because they twist the plain teaching of scripture to support and justify their behavior. So, of course, they're going to be all for it 
and they are going to lead others astray. Why? Because according to them, that there are strength in numbers, right? So if they if they can grow in numbers, they could shout down the word of God. They can shout down the believers in Jesus Christ, and they can get the church of which Christ Jesus is the head of to convince us to believe the lie along with them. It ain't happening, my friends. It ain't happening. No, not any day of the week is that happening. So scripture begins and ends with the picture of marriage as an institution ordained by God. Absolutely. It is designed for the union of a man and a woman in a lifelong faithful covenant relationship. This view is affirmed by Moses, Christ Jesus, and Paul and has been upheld through thousands of years of Judeo-Christian history and tradition. Gray revisionists usually do not attempt to address God's created intent for, for human sexuality, but instead twist scripture and argue against those texts which condemn same-sex behavior. Listen, they can argue, they can protest until they're blue in the face. The word of God is going to be the word of God and it's going to stand like it has been standing now and forevermore until the, until the Lord Jesus Christ come back and woe to them who wants to remain in their sin. Jesus says, likewise, you will all perish. Don't no one want to be thrown into the lake of fire and we come into you in love with this, but we are going to be firm in our truth. Why? Because we know what the devil's schemes are. He knows that if we give any heed to this rhetoric, he knows that if we give any heed to this lie, we too will stay amongst them who are perishing. We came out of that. So we get it. We get it that you like to sin. We like to sin. We get that. But we are commanded by God and the Lord Jesus Christ to go all out into the world and preach the gospel, the full counsel of his gospel. Yes, he is love. And yes, he wants all of us to come to repentance, to turn from our sin, to turn from them shameful ways, what we do in the dark. And in this case, for the purpose of this exhortation, homosexuality, he wants us to come out from among them, right? Amen. Okay, so it remains highly unlikely that bible translators here we go mistranslated five references to sexual ethics in two different testaments of scripture yeah it's highly unlikely because it didn't happen we did not no not we they did not mistranslate it and for the record okay when god placed his spirit in the hand of a man to write down his words of wisdom. It is true. It is not fabrication. It is not something that came out of Paul's mind or Matthew's mind or John's mind or Peter's mind or Job's mind or Moses' mind. No, 
Every word is inspired and breathed by the Holy Spirit of God. And the argument of the world is that, oh, we can't trust the Bible because man wrote it. Yes, man did write it. But guess what? He didn't write it out of his own mind, out of his own feelings. The Bible made it clear and told us how it was written because God knew that through the annals of time that people were going to question whether or not his word is real or not. So he put in place the perfect argument, the perfect answer to that argument. He says that it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit came upon that man that God set apart to write down his word. Why? Because he could trust that man. Don't you, Holy Spirit, oh, we, we, we finna get into it right now. Don't you think that God Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, that put that sun up there in that sky without fail to come out each and every day to rise and set accordingly, to have the sun, moon, and stars fixed in place, there's a certain order to him. And you mean to tell me that God could not chose he cannot choose from himself people that he can trust to uh, to write down his word why because he found them to be righteous and holy in his word and through his son so he chose he specifically chose these people god is not man that that makes mistakes that that's so um that's so filled with enthusiasm that they rush out in haste and do things in mistakes we <laughs> we talking about almighty god don't you think that he has enough wisdom to choose the right people that are going to write down his word exactly how he dictated it so come on now let's not walk off in our pride to think that we are smarter uh, than God to figure out oh no because since man wrote these words down nope it can't be trusted help us today Lord put my glasses back on so anyway right even, what is even more unlikely is the possibility that they only mistranslated scriptures regarding homosexual behavior. Okay, so uh, and apparently these gay um, revisionists are saying that, okay, well, okay, granted, God may, uh, man may not have mistranslated God's word about certain things, but about, so about homosexuality. Oh yeah. Man did mistranslate that really ain't happening. Okay. So now, right. Scriptures that testified against homosexual behavior, including, including Leviticus 1822, Leviticus 2013, Romans 1, 26 through 27, what um, I just read already, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 10, 1 Timothy 1, uh, verses 9 through 10. And let's go to these scriptures, okay? Because not everybody's going to have their Bible and not everybody's going to actually go to it. So that is my job for today. Let's see. Let's go to Leviticus. Where are you? Here we go. Old Testament, let's see, Leviticus 18.22, because we need to see again and again what God has to say, because all day long, we hear radio, we hear TV, we hear music, we read books that say the contrary, so let's see what God has to say, because for so long, we hear the lies of the devil all day, every day, that we forget actually what the word has to say, Leviticus 
what I say 18 okay uh 22 yeah and and actually I was just reading this because all of chapter 18 deals with forbidden sexual practices now I could bleed you all's ear with reading all of it but no I'll save you some pain and just stick with verse 22 where it says do not practice homosexuality having sex with another man as with a woman it is a detestable sin okay so i advise you all who wants to scream that homosexuality is not a sin and yes we go to the old testament as well as the new testament and just for the record because he the holy spirit he is speaking through me so anytime that he interrupts me i'm going to say what he says look the old testament is not out of date the new testament is not out of date all of it is current and it's for correction for teaching and reproof so you all may want to do away with the new testament you all may not want to conform with the new what the new testament has to say but the new but the old testament it, it it is current and it is very much alive it is not dead amen okay so let's go to leviticus 20 verse 13 now the heading for this chapter is punishments for disobedience okay let's go what what i say verse 13 okay now look if any man practices homosexuality having sex with another man as with a woman both men okay both of them have committed a detestable act they must be put to death for they are guilty of a capital offense now before all y'all who scream we are not under the law we are not being stoned to death these days however guess what he says the same thing over there in the new testament and we'll get to that in a second okay so let's go well i already read the romans uh Six verses nine through ten. Now I am reading out of the uh, new, the New Living Translation. I'm sorry, I was just reading something. Okay, so here we go. Avoiding sexual sin. So let's go up to verse nine. Let's start there. Okay. So don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. In other words, do not be deceived. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality. Now, that also includes effeminate. Effeminate is a man who wants to dress up as a woman and have feminine ways, you know, um, um, feminine hand movements and and swaying of the hips and talking like a female when it's clearly they have a man a male genitalia yeah they too and lesbians would not be inheriting the kingdom of god so um oh i might as well finish it all right or 
or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusers or or who are abusive or cheat people none okay people none this is the new testament since you all don't want to hear to the old testament the new testament says that none of these including homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of god amen okay so let's go over to first timothy come on come on let's go what i say first timothy 1 verses 9 through 10 okay let's go over there because some people think that god is a joke and they and they think god is playing with them he ain't playing i have to learn the hard way trust me he ain't playing with sin he ain't playing with us trampling over his son he ain't trying i mean he he is not playing with us making light of that blood that was shed don't you know what Jesus did when he went to the cross, the torment and the torture and the humiliation that he did on our behalf to take on our punishment because we were steeped in homosexuality. We were steeped in adultery and fornication, lying. Every time we wake up in the morning, we lying, we stealing, we, we, we being a covetous, you know what I mean? And he died for us. The sinners who were steeped in all these things. God is like, look, listen, okay, I already gave him to y'all as a sacrifice, okay? But if y'all don't want to take him up on that, okay, well then, what else do you want me to do? There is no more sacrifice. And if you continue in this willful sin, then your judgment will be of rage and fire. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a of a vengeful god you don't want to do that y'all need to stop playing now look first timothy 1 verse 9 through 10 it says here for the law was not intended for people who do what is right it is for people who are lawless and rebellious who are ungodly and sinful who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy who kill their fathers or mother or commit other murders. Verse 10, the law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, promise keepers, okay, or, or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me this is paul speaking entrusted to me by our blessed god amen okay so yeah we got our arguments as well okay so right along here it says it is excuse me it is intellectually dishonest to say that that um, conservative individuals and leaders quote-unquote interpret such clear verses as you shall not lie with a male as with a woman out of prejudice against homosexuals no one is being prejudiced against a homosexual it is with another male and a female should not lie with another female. That's not being prejudiced. And that's another thing. Their argument, that whole community, anytime that you speak against the sin, not against the person, we speaking against the sin. The culture of homosexuality is a detestable sin 
thus says the Lord, okay, they say that we come into them with a hate speech. That's not a hate speech. That's a love speech. We want y'all to repent and come out of your sins. Otherwise, you will go to hell. That's love. It was love that was nailed to the cross in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was out of love because God, calm down, hold on a minute. For God so loved the world, okay, that world that's full of paganism, that world that's full of homosexuality, that world that's full of lust and adultery and the pride of life, that world he sent his son to, to do what? To die on the cross, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, meaning shall not go to hell and then on to the lake of fire, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It is not God's will that any man should perish. Any man, any woman should not perish. It's not his will for that to happen. So yes, this is a love message. This is not a hate message. The reason why you think it is a hate message message is because you do not want to come out of your sin. Point blank, period. Now, you all can disguise it as, no, this is the way I feel. I should be able to uh, do whatever I want with my body. Don't you know your body is not your own? It was bought with a price, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if you don't repent and come to that realization and to that belief, well, then God is going to let you have, have your way. You don't want him now. You're not going to want him in the future. And trust and believe you will have a change of mind in the future. I most assuredly uh, assure you. Amen. Okay, so moving right along. Okay, so it's another famous argument that these gay revisionists have. The argument is that Jesus said, said nothing about homosexuality in the Gospels, which is misleading and illogical for at least five reasons. And here we go. Number one, the Gospels are not more authoritative than those books of the Bible that condemn homosexual behavior. All authors of scripture were inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Okay, number two, the Gospels are not comprehensive. Some of the Bible's most important teachings, the explanation of spiritual gifts, the priesthood of Christ, the doctrine of man's old and new nature appear in other books of the Bible, right? Because I guess their argument is saying that um, Jesus in the Gospels, right, didn't preach about um, that homosexuality is a sin. Okay, so um, oh, let's let's move right along. Come on now. Uh, number three, the Gospels do not claim to be a complete account of Jesus' life or teachings. Sections of Jesus' life are not discussed in the Gospels, and we cannot be certain that Jesus never spoke about homosexual behavior. Come on, stay with me now. Number four, scripture teaches that Jesus kept all the law. Okay, now we just read over there in, in um, Leviticus because Leviticus was part of the law, right? So the fact that Jesus kept all the law, okay, it doesn't have to say. Now, this is from the Holy Spirit. Like I said, I'm going to stop anytime I feel his presence want me to say this. Just because Jesus didn't, um, that it was not recorded 
in the gospel that Jesus out of his mouth said that homosexuality is a sin, even though he put it in the mouth of Paul in the New Testament. But if you want to see it in red, take this into account. The reason why Jesus was the only perfect human being on this earth is because he did not sin, right? And the fact that he was born to a Jewish mother, a Jewish mother, right, under the law, because when he was born during that time in the world, the world was under the um, the uh, the law, the I can't even get it out. The 613 laws that God gave through the angels to give to Moses, right? So we know that Jesus kept the law. And by him keeping the law, he kept to the fact that homosexuality is a sin because he fulfilled all the law. So that um, since um, homosexuality is clearly outlined in the book of Leviticus as a sin and Jesus having kept all the law well he kept that too so Jesus was fully aware and he kept that he should not lie with a man as one will lie with a woman as a matter of fact he kept this so perfectly that is why that is why he was the perfect sacrifice. That's the only sacrifice that appeased God's anger. Because you see, animal sacrifices, that was a, a, a temporary atonement for sin. It was a shadow type waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come on the scene to deal with sin once and for all through the sacrifice of his body up there on the cross. So yes, Jesus kept the law. So if they want to say, well, Jesus never said that homosexuality um, was was a sin. Oh yes, he did. And and how did he? And how and how did he say that? Through his actions of keeping all of the law, he clearly states that homosexuality is a sin. Amen. All right. So, like I said, for number four. Scripture teaches that Jesus kept all the law and affirmed all that the law and the prophets taught. Undoubtedly, this would have included the affirmation of committed monogamous male-female marriage and an unwavering condemnation of homosexual behavior. Amen. Given that all first century Orthodox Jews would have held to this standard, the question of affirming homosexuality would not have been open to discussion in Jesus' day. Amen. Number five, Jesus clearly referred to heterosexuality as the standard. He specifically described uh, God's uh, created intent for human sexuality by saying this have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so that they are no longer two but one flesh what therefore God has joined together, let, let not man separate. Amen. So in summary, based on that scripture, 
the Holy Spirit says that let no man separate. That means let no gay community, let no court of justice, let no one that says that a man should be able to lie with a man and that a woman should be able to lie with a woman because they feel like it. No, absolutely not. The Holy Spirit said, let no man separate. Separate what? That a man should be with a wife and that a wife should be with a husband. That means a male and a female. An another female should not call her female partner her wife. She is not um, her wife. Why? Because she is not a husband, right? That female that's calling her partner um her wife as if to say that she's a man that that she herself is a man and therefore her partner is his wife no and another man should not call another man his bride that is not your bride that 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 is your fellow brother okay so let's see i think all has been said that needed to be to be said we in the body of Christ, we stand on God's word, even if the quote unquote world will not. And so I leave you all with first Corinthians six, nine. Yeah. I'm going to read the whole thing. Hold on. Let me go back over here to it. Absolutely. And then I'm going to let you all go, go to marinate on these scriptures and to stand firm in the face of the opposition. Satan will always opposition just like jesus has his followers satan has his amen okay so here we go right do not do you not realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of god don't fool yourselves he's saying don't be deceived those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice on homosexuality or are excuse me are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people none of these will inherit the kingdom of god verse 11 some of you were once like that see we are not casting stones we are not uh falsely judging no we we are rightly judging according to the word of god why because we were once like that but we Verse 12, talking about avoiding sexual sin. You say, I am allowed. Here we go. This is for the homosexual community, right? You say, I am allowed to do anything. But Jesus says, but not everything is good for you. Amen, right? And even though I am allowed to do anything, Paul say, we say, Christ say, I must not become a slave to anything. Amen. And for a bonus, I'm going to give you all verse 13. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God, God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies.
from the dead. That's the word of God. That's what we standing on. Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Repent, stop sinning, turn back to God in Jesus name. Amen. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye